rolling. Me rolling, too. Rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> rolling, 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 rolling. biscuit? Yeah, it is. Oh, boy. It is. All right. Uh, You're welcome. Uh, thank you. Uh, counting us in? In yes. three, two, one. And we're rolling. I loved you singing. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a pretty amazing day, and I just feel like yeah. I'm I'm not tired, but I'm just like cruising a little bit. That's that's fair. We've we've had a lot of like wonderful conversations with people, yeah. with each yeah. other. We've got a lot coming up, which yeah. is super exciting and mildly yeah. overwhelming. So we'll try to keep our panic inside. No, I know. Should we? Uh, should we maybe give like a little, like maybe like a sneak peek of what's to come? Like obviously this week's episode. I mean, yes, so we've got this week's episode on deck. We've got Booklandia on deck. Mm, little cross pot action. We've got. I'm so excited. We have another fucking horror podcast coming up oh on my this. God. I am just letting y'all know. I will try not to pee myself. Yeah. During that episode, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, um, we have yeah. amazing guests, and it's just like stacks on stacks on stacks of yeah. humans that I that make me cry tears of joy that I get to meet them and know them. Yeah, it's truly an honor. Like this, this podcast, the Peony. Uh, yes. we're <laughs> just FYI, we haven't. I was like, we haven't oh yeah, hi, I'm Jules, Wait. and I'm Lex. Hello. Uh, <laughs> But we we've got like some really wonderful guests coming up and it's such an honor and a privilege to get mm. to have these beautiful conversations um with these wonderful human beings and we yeah. are so excited for you guys to hear. We get uh, vulnerable as fuck, yo. Ayo. Digging deep. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. sharing stories, having some giggles, mm-hmm. getting weird. As per usual, always weird. Um, yeah, so it's super exciting. Um, yeah. yeah, and on today's episode, we have uh, Melissa Herrera from Mimosa Sisterhood, which is a women's history podcast. Um, that I I feel like I cannot do this podcast justice. <laughs> What was the tagline that I, I I dropped in the interview? It's like in the description. Um, a good old fashioned feminist drunk history lesson. Yes, yes, that is that is their like tag. That is Melissa's tagline, and it's listening to her talk about the story of what inspired her to start the podcast, the growth that she's experienced throughout the journey. One, it like is so inspiring, gives me so much hope, and is also such a beautiful reminder, as we discussed with so many of our guests on the show, when you follow your passion, when you follow the thing that gives you joy and fulfillment, it opens you up in so many other ways mm-hmm. and just impacts the way that you view the world and how you move through it. Um, and it's... Yeah, Melissa, well, we're obsessed with you. We are. We love you so much. We already said, like, whether you want it or not, we're your friends forever. 
friends yeah. for life. Yes. Friends for life. Part of that <laughs> sisterhood. But mm. yeah, no, I think, you know, one of the things that we talked about with her was like the corporate world and like mm-hmm. having like a standard quote-unquote standard job versus living your passion which is sometimes you know maybe you have to be a little entrepreneurial maybe you have to be a little creative it's a little bit risky you have to take a step off a cliff but I've been thinking about it and reflecting on it and just when we're born and then as we develop we have all of this boundless creativity and critical thinking ability and and we see the world in a lens where there's boundless possibility and then from a very early age we then are pushed into this school system this education system where we are then told that in order to be someone we have to fit into a certain metric or we have to live Mm -hmm. up to certain rubrics and then we go out into the workforce and there we're told again by other people the kind of people that we need to be the kind of things that we need to do to define our success and so there is this amazing movement I think it's been happening in a concentrated effort during the pandemic of people realizing wow I can have a choice. I can move mm-hmm. into seeing the world again from that boundless place. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And that's what she's doing. That's what we're doing. That's what so many of our listeners are doing. And I just like, it It might be because I'm PMSing. I don't know. But it just fills <laughs> me with so much joy to see people being like, yes, I'm scared. But I know that the fear that I feel from taking the steps towards living in my truth is less than the fear that I feel staying where I am. And that fucking hits hard. Yeah. Yeah. There were so many moments talking with Melissa where I just had like full body chills and Mm -hmm. related so much to her story and so many moments where I just wanted to be like, yes, yes, that 100%. Yes, that. Mm -hmm. I know that feeling. I, I... Again, we talk about it a lot and she... This is part of her like about me on her podcast is the yeah. one of the things that inspired her to start the podcast was to tell the stories of other women mm-hmm. to remind herself and the listeners that you're not alone mm-hmm. people see you they understand your experiences you mm-hmm. do not have to have to suffer in silence you can share your story and connect with other people and help raise people up and inspire those around you and i when I read that on her on her website, I was like, oh, I, I, yeah, we're going to be friends. Yeah. <laughs> this is exciting. Yeah. I'm like reliving it now and just want to just mm-hmm. bask in it all. So I hope to our dear listeners, I hope as you listen to this conversation and you follow it with an open mind to just see where it takes you and, and the feelings that come up for you during it, I hope that you just give yourself space for that and you explore those for yourself. And I hope that you learn something new about yourself while you listen to us learn something new about ourselves and talk about how we have continuously been learning something new about ourselves, even though it's fucking scary and sometimes painful to do so. Yeah. So here it is, our interview with Melissa Herrera, the host of Mimosa Sisterhood. Sisterhood. Enjoy. 
beautiful. Melissa Herrera of Mimosa Sisterhood. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I kind of want to cut that and make that the intro of my podcast. I am flattered you do not need to do that. I know what I sound like, really, but thank you for saying that. That was amazing. I love that intro. I'll send the clip to you so you can do whatever you want with that. (laughs) That was so good. I'm sure I could come up with uh, many clever ways to utilize that in my show. It's yours. It's yours. (laughs) Ringtones, callback tones, Mm -hmm. alarm. I'm just listing things that you can do with your iPhone. It's fine. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. Amazing. Welcome to the Peony. So excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and to meet you guys and make pod friends. It's, that's the best part of podcasting, yeah. more pod friends. Yes. Hell yeah. I'm obsessed with Mimosa Sisterhood. Um, and I know that I, in introing it, could never do it justice. So could you just give the people a sneak peek of what it's about? Sure. So uh, my motto is that we pop bottles and celebrate the world's greatest women. Um, But in a more serious description, we're a women's history and lifestyle podcast, and we celebrate women's voices in stories, past and present. So we talk about badass women through history from like AD Jesus days up until last year. And then I recently launched a new series that highlights the everyday woman that's alive and kicking ass today. And she gets to tell her personal story on the show. So we kind of have a mix of all the women in the world. And it's a lot of fun. I love it. Hell yeah. I know. I saw that um, the tagline was a, was it good old fashioned feminist drunk history lesson? (laughs) And I was like, sign me up. I'm there. Let's do it. Yep. Yeah. We have a lot of punny taglines. Um, uh, But yes, I do think of us as a drunk history feminist podcast. Um, A little bit less drunk these days. Um, (laughs) In the earlier beginning stages of the podcast, there were a few episodes that were a little too drunk. So I've been toning it back a little. Um, It's very awkward when you go into editing and you don't remember like the last 20 minutes of the podcast and you're just like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Some of... I I relate. I think some of our best tangents were me inebriated and then being like, wait, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. I, okay. So it, I feel you on that. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. It really does open up the room for a lot of vulnerability and just goofiness all, yeah. all wrapped into one. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, thank God I'm the one editing this because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really need to audit myself. This is out of control. Just edit that out, put that somewhere for yep. later. Like that yeah. never happened. <laughs> no one will ever hear that. <laughs> I know. Otherwise, your sound engineer would be like, hey, you good? What's going on? Yeah. For real. Yeah. <laughs> so how did this idea come about to start Mimosa Sisterhood? Oh, gosh. It was... Um, it was like less of an idea and more of an absolute requirement. <laughs> for myself internally and emotionally and psychologically. Um, But yeah, I guess like to sum up the story of like how this came to be, I I think it was 2017. 
had a pretty bad year. Lots of things were going down. I um, was leaving an abusive relationship. And like while that was happening, I had multiple people in my life pass away one right after the other very tragically. And so it was just like a ton of trauma happening like all at once. It was like catastrophic, like an atomic bomb went off in my life. And like one thing that I learned very quickly was that I had absolutely zero coping mechanisms, which I think really um, became very eye-opening to a lot of other things that I had experienced prior to like in my early childhood life. Mm -hmm. And so like in addition to just like managing what was happening in the present, all this like past things started to resurface and it was just an overwhelming year. So um, I ended up going to therapy and in therapy, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about ways in which I had taught myself to cope over my entire life's existence. Um, I learned, you know, a lot of the reasons as to why maybe I didn't have coping skills and sort of the ways that I was choosing to heal myself, many of which were very unhealthy. And so like all of that was very enlightening, empowering. It was an incredible experience. It literally saved my life. But I also kind of felt like very alone in that. Like I felt mm -hmm. weird to reach out for support from anybody other than the therapist because it was no secret to anybody that I was having the worst year of my life. But you don't want to like bombard everybody you know with that heavy stuff. So sure, you can bring it up to like close friends or family members every now and then. But like this was just like a never ending hit. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't just unload all my stuff on everybody. And so I just felt very like alone in like what I was going through. And I knew I needed a creative outlet. I've been a creative person my entire life. I grew up doing creative writing, writing short stories. I had a couple different blogs, but I wanted something different. I wanted like a platform where I could use my voice and like express myself freely and sort of like rebuild myself in a sense because I my self-esteem was so low. I had no confidence. I learned that like I didn't have any self-love, but I actually never knew that. <laughs> and so I needed to do a lot of work. And uh, I since I felt like I couldn't really like reach out to anybody in my life to like, I don't know, talk to people, I decided to look into women's lives throughout history and just like see what's been going on there. Like I thought to myself, like, I'm not the only person that's ever suffered. I'm not the only person that's ever gone through, you know, X, Y, and Z of trauma. And I know there's other people out there that have been through this. And I kind of want to, like, learn from them. Like, how did they handle it? What did they go through? What methods did they use to grow and develop and thrive? And so I got a book for Christmas that year, the end of 2017. It was Bad Girls Throughout History by Anne Shen. Mm -hmm. um, and it changed everything. I was like, this was before I started the podcast, but I got that book and I was like reading through all these stories and just like, holy shit, are you kidding? Like, this is insane. And I felt good. I was like, oh my God, like, I feel amazing. I feel like I can be these women or I am these women or these women are me in the past. And like, I just felt this huge sense of connection. And so shortly after that, I started my podcast. And um, three years later, I'm still here doing it. And we've covered over 100 people in history, uh, researched all their lives, told their stories on the show. I've had a bunch of guests who've also joined and told stories. And it's been a very healing experience. I'd say like probably three months into it, like 
something switched in me like a light and I just felt like overcome by comfort, happiness, healing, warmth. Um, I started to feel myself become brighter. I was like climbing out of that darkness I'd been in for a whole year and I just felt really good. And so I like to think of my podcast as like you can heal through history, but also heal through her story. And that's what it's done for me. And I don't know if my listeners feel that way. I don't know if people out there that listen are doing it to like heal themselves, but like that's why I'm doing it because it actually is healing for me to learn about women's lives and like all the things they've gone through and the ways in which they've overcome. And it just shows endless resilience, endless power. And all that's ever done for me is brighten my eyes and keep me moving forward. And I would never have any reason to not want to do that every day. And so that's what this podcast is and it's become. And that's probably what it will forever be. And I also like to drink alcohol. So we threw that in. (laughs) Yeah. So wild, crazy, kind of a lot. Yeah. My heart is so full right now. Yeah. That's that's so beautiful. I feel like that's something that we can all relate to. Like, I know I can. I know a lot of our listeners can. How did the name come to be about? I mean, the sisterhood part makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Where did the mimosa come from? Is it just the mimosa, the cocktail or the flower? Uh. First, the cocktail. Okay. I recently learned there was a flower, and that was very exciting. <laughs> um, it actually, the original name was the Sisterhood of the Bottomless Mimosa. Mm. And I started this podcast with one of my best friends who no longer is on the podcast, but she did run it with me for about a year and a half. Mm. And her and I were sociology majors in college. We specialized in a lot of different areas around feminism and history. And um, we often ditched class and drank mimosas at the bar. And so (laughs) we were kind of like, well, we're still doing the same thing today with the podcast. We're telling women's stories. We're talking about society and culture, feminism, history, and we still drink. So it was kind of like this. uh, The name kind of came from like where our friendship began. And it kind of was just in theme with like who we were and what the show is about. Um, But also I've kind of like continued the twist on like the show is about celebrating women and what better way to celebrate women than to pop some champagne and make a mimosa and have a good day. Hell yeah. Absolutely. I know. I love your logo. Like so many prominent, amazing women right there. Is that Julia Child that I see? Yes, it is. (laughs) I love that woman. Love her. So much. Love her. She is a gem. Covered her in my second episode. Still one of my favorites. If... Okay, go ahead, Lex. I was just going to ask, like, prior to you starting the podcast, or as you were starting it, and maybe this is leading into it, um, was there a particular woman in history that really stuck out? Like, she maybe was the impetus to really go like, I'm going to start this podcast. I need to get her story out there. And or maybe one that you felt really connected to and maybe saw yourself in as you were researching her. Yeah. Um, So kind, I can answer that sort of 
a little bit. I, there wasn't one particular woman that was like inspired me to launch the podcast. It was really the book, Bad Girls Throughout History by Anne Shen, the entire book. I just thought, found the entire thing to be a literal Bible for me from the actual painted illustrations that Anne hand painted herself to her written oh. biographies on these women. Um, the whole entire thing was just beautiful. And that as a whole is what inspired me to create the show. But during the show, I did stumble upon somebody that like hit me hard. And I was like, oh, my God, I've been seen. Um, And that was Margaret Trudeau. And she was the wife, ex-wife of Canada's prime minister. And um, she gets this bad rap because while she was, I guess, first lady or whatever, I don't know if that's the right terminology for Canada, but while she was like in her political power, she was going wild in the clubs and like often flying to New York and like dancing at, you know, various different parties. She ended up with like the Rolling Stones and was like partying with them in their hotel rooms. Like a lot of stuff was happening, um, which is very, uh, very much in line with what I was doing during my year of trauma. <laughs> And um, so she gets a lot of bad heat for this and eventually her and her husband divorce and stuff. But like it later came revealed later in her life that she had gone through a lot of trauma and she was suffering with a lot of mental health issues that were undiagnosed and maybe like taboo at the time or wasn't something due to their like status, you know, politically, like she wasn't going to be, it was kind of on the hush hush. And so she um, was acting out and she was coping in the way that worked for her. And that's kind of what happened to me. I was coping in a way that worked for me, but it also was very erratic and out of control and a little wild, also very fun. Um, But I just saw myself in her and now she's still very much, she's alive. She's like, I think maybe in her late 60s, 70s, but she's now a a whole mental health, health advocate. She goes all over the world and talks to women in campuses about bipolar disorder and has just made the later part of her years all about advocacy because Mm -hmm. she suffered so many years in silence with that and then was judged so heavily in how she managed her own illness. So, yeah, that really kind of called to me. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. All right. I got to throw it out there. Bottomless mimosa brunch. You can have. I'm gonna give you five. Five of these women. They Ooh. maybe you cover them on your pod. Maybe you haven't. Doesn't matter if they're alive or not. Who are your top five to get boozy with? Janice Joplin. Oh yeah. yes, definitely. Um, a woman named Pamela Coleman Smith. She was the illustrator and creator of the original tarot deck. Think she'd be pretty cool to have at a brunch. Ooh. Hell yeah. Um, oh. Definitely Julia Child. She's always been one of my favorites. <laughs> and you know she'd be cooking for us, so we've yes. got to have her there. Um, I'd probably do Marsha P. Johnson. She yes. was part of the Stonewall Riots, which you might have heard of, especially yeah. recently in the past month. Yeah. Love her. Good flower crown. Got to have it. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, I would probably do one more, one more, one more. I think I want to go like somebody like way back when. Um, Maybe I actually just covered this person. I haven't released the episode yet, but her name was King Christina of Sweden. And um, 
she was very androgynous and didn't mm-hmm. take shit from nobody. <laughs> so I think she'd be like a little just pepper on the day. A little spice Amazing. there. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Are we invited? Can we come? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Because I want tables you need me to. Yeah, the there. tables forever and en- it never ends. There's room for everybody. What's the weirdest thing you've ever found out about anyone you were researching? The weirdest thing? Mm-hmm. Or maybe um, the thing that you were just like, whoa, totally did not see that coming. Yeah, I would say there – I don't know if I'd call this the weirdest, but maybe like one of the most shocking things that I learned about um, was doing research on Ann Sullivan, which is the teacher of Helen Keller. So mm-hmm. we all know who Helen Keller is. I feel like she's like one of the biggest names in all of life. Yeah. And we we know of Ann Sullivan, but we just know that she taught Helen Keller how to read Braille and, like, communicate with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but her life was shocking. And it was more shocking to me that we didn't know anything about her life or I didn't or a lot of people don't. But uh, – and, like, just wondering, like, why was that left out of the story? Um, but she pretty much – was born in complete and utter poverty. Her entire family died from, like, famine and disease. So she got sent to, like, an orphanage very young and contracted a rare eye disease that left her partially blind, which I don't even know that people know Ann Sullivan was also blind herself for the majority of her life. Um, And then she was sent to go live in this home for the poor, but really it was a house. It was, like, an institution that had – Orphan children, unmarried pregnant women, people living with addiction problems, mentally ill people, and they just like kept them there imprisoned and they ran medical tests on them. And uh, Anne underwent like eight eye surgeries, all of which were not successful. So like who knows what they were doing. It was like the 1800s too. So I doubt that there was like any kind of cleanliness going on, anything like that. There were reports of like pedophilia, cannibalism, all kinds of bad stuff happening at this institution. She ended up being able to get out of there. (sighs) Word got out that this was happening, so they did an investigation on the institution. She talked to some people who were like, get me the hell out. And so they sent her to Perkins School for the Blind. That's when her life turned around. She got the right treatment, was able to see again, finished school, met Helen, and then that's the story we hear. (laughs) I'm just like, wait, hold on, what? What about her whole life before Helen? Holy shit. Jesus. And yeah, I just, there's such an emphasis on Helen and her life, which by all means there should be. But I'm just like, how did we miss this entire life of Anne's, who is the most important person in Helen's life? Like, why do we only get to learn this last part of her life? And what about the importance of like everything she went through in her own trauma and life before even meeting Helen? Like, how did we skip over that? So, yeah. And that ability for her to like persevere, that was something we we've talked about a bit on our podcast is like people's ability to persevere and Mm -hmm. find the strength within to keep moving forward and do better for themselves and for others. And it's like, that's, I think that listening to what you just said about Anne's story, like that's such, that's huge. That's massive. Because then she was able to go and, and help Helen through her life. Yes. Yeah, man, for her I to know. get ignored like that. No, ah. I know. <laughs> I'm like, why did we leave that part out? It's so important. I mean, it says yeah. so much more about her. 
I yeah. mean, she went through some unimaginable things, which she writes about in her diaries that like it was not good. And all we get to hear is Helen could read and write. And it's like, <laughs> OK, but what about Anne? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, Anne struggling with all of those things, I'm sure, is the impetus that helped her help Helen because she mm-hmm. understood and could mm-hmm. empathize with her in some in some degree. Totally. Son of a. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like everybody grew up, at least in like the United States, I feel like we all learned about this story in school. Mm-hmm. And I think I know at my elementary school, we even watched a movie that portrayed the whole story of Anne and Helen. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just found it so surprising that when I actually read into her life, I was like, how did I not know this? So yeah, that was really shocking. That's incredible. I'm I'm dumbfounded. <laughs> I'm I'm I am speechless, which is very, very rare for me. Very rare. Yep. I feel that way almost weekly when I do my research on women. I just am like blown away by all the things that I learn about. Like, whoa. Is there anyone else that we're sleeping on that we need to know about? I mean, obviously, everyone should listen to, like, (laughs) go binge Mimosa Sisterhood ASAP, all Mm -hmm. episodes. But, like... Yeah, is there is there a particular person or a particular episode that you're like definitely don't sleep on this one? Um it's hard to say because yeah. almost all of them leave me jaw dropped. Uh I would say like some of my earlier episodes when I first started there were less features of like history, more people that we just admired. So you're going to see like Stevie Nicks You're going to see Grace Jones, like Yoko Ono. Like we cover a lot of musicians, a lot of like just women that made impacts in, you know, later years, 60s -hmm. upward to now. Mm -hmm. And we mostly know those stories. So if anybody is like, where should I start? I'd say start in the most recent episodes I've released Mm -hmm. because I definitely in the later years I've been recording have really – tried to cover women that are unknown, completely unknown by anybody. And um, those are the stories that leave you jaw dropped. So, I mean, I'd say like the last 20 episodes I've released, all of them have at least one more woman in that story who has something remarkable that she's done, contributed to, gone through, invented, all of it. And yeah, I mean, they're all amazing. Go go listen, listeners. (laughs) Right now, stop. Pause our episode. Go listen to Moose <laughs> Sisterhood. Yeah. <laughs> then come back. Um, so you you started a new segment uh, called Everyday Women. Mm-hmm. What was the inspiration to start talking to women in the now? Um, a couple of different things. Uh, some of them like podcast strategy related, mm-hmm. others more like content related. Um, to speak to the first part, podcast content strategy related. Uh, since I lost my co-host, I run this podcast by myself. I'm just the only host now, which mm-hmm. means that my workload has tripled. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and these history episodes are take a lot of work. I mean, yeah. the research alone is several hours because I often read articles and then I'll watch like YouTube documentaries or something in addition to like written uh, information. Um, so that's really 
a lot. And then the recording, they're sometimes up to two hours. I'll edit down to like 90 minutes, but that's always very time consuming. Um, and they're a lot of, they're just a lot of work and it's a lot of work for one person. And so I kind of needed a way to like continue to release weekly episodes. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to be able to do that if every week I was producing history only. And so part of the strategy was like, okay, maybe I can bring in these shorter episodes, interview based, speaking with women. You know, obviously the major preparation is learning who they are and what their background is, but really a lot of these conversations are organic. And so there's not a lot of editing that needs to be done because that's what we're trying to capture is the organic conversations. And so there was the strategy part there, but then also there are quite a bit of women's history podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. And I wanted a way to like be somewhat different than the rest. And so I wanted to offer two versions of women's stories. And that's the history, the education, the things you might not know that fascinate you, but then also give a platform to everyday women. And that's kind of another thing. You know, most of the podcast world is very like heavily celebrity based or major CEO entrepreneur based. And so Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to have a segment that allows my next door neighbor to come on and tell me something about her life and give real women, everyday women, the opportunity to use their voice and tell their stories and not feel like, oh, I don't have enough followers or, oh, my life doesn't matter because I'm, you know, I don't work for Spotify network or whatever. Like I just wanted to be able to give people the opportunity to talk and tell their stories and have it be an open, welcoming, safe place for them to do that. And it's been unbelievable. Like it's so far exceeded my original thoughts and plans for it. I have connected with some amazing women with such inspiring stories, so much vulnerability that they've shared with me on my show. And it's just been great. Like, I'm so happy that I did this. And (laughs) I really feel like I've like, that's kind of the funny other part about my show that I like to express is like, it's about women. It's like a sisterhood. But within this, I've like built my own, like I've created all these real life connections with other women. And they're people I talk to regularly now, and they've become important figures in my life. And I love that because it was never intended to be that way, but it sort of evolved that way, which I think makes it more special. Um, And yeah, I, it's really, really awesome. So the current format is I release an episode every week. We do a history, then an everyday woman, then a history, then an everyday woman, so on, so on. And it's been really great. I've met such, such good, amazing women. It's, it's, I'm just jaw dropped by them as well. Love that. And you've also started to do mini-sodes where you get a little bit more personal as well, which you have two, I believe, up so far. Two two or three? Yeah, I have two up. And it's like, on the first one, I know you talked about your experience, kind of what happened in 2017, and you, Mm -hmm. you got very vulnerable. And then recently, you also talked about facing a great fear of yours, something that is also a very great fear of mine, very real. Um, can, you, can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. You talked about childbirth and oh, just God. reading the description made me so sweaty. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just like, I've never been one of those girls that grew up, you know, dreaming of my wedding or all the thousands mm-hmm. of babies I was going to have. I'm not like anti it. It just Uh was never like a natural thing that existed in my brain. And I mean, I'm about to be 32 and it hasn't arrived yet. So I don't know what that says about me, but uh, babies have never really 
been something I've been, you know, dying to to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, however, I'm open to it. So it's just when it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But anyway, yeah. my sister got pregnant and um, she actually got a sperm donor. So she committed to single mom life because she mm-hmm. her biological clock was ticking. Mm-hmm. Things didn't go according to the you know, Disney Channel original movie plan. And so <laughs> she did what she had to do. And yeah. um, this is where things really took a turn for the worse was she got pregnant, was going to have her baby. The coronavirus happened. The day she got admitted to the hospital, my grandmother went to the hospital with COVID. And so my mom had to go be with her. And oh, this God. all happened on the same day. And then my mom was like, well, maybe now I have COVID because I've been sitting in the emergency room for like 10 hours with grandma who has COVID and all these other people that have COVID. So no, my mom couldn't be at the birth and I got the call and they were like dialing Melissa, the one person on earth that's terrified of children. Um, This is your chance to be a sister and do your sisterly duties. You got to be at the hospital for this birth. And I was like, ah! I'm sorry, what? I instantly <laughs> had to have a panic attack, pack a bag, pop a anxiety pill, and head to the hospital. Um, and I was there for two days, and I literally had to hold a leg as my sister oh. released oh my a baby from her body. <laughs> and I saw all of the things, witnessed the things, smelled the things. Uh, it was mm. an experience. Um, but like in addition to me just not being like naturally maternal, I'm also just mm-hmm. terrified of the actual act of birthing babies, mm-hmm. the pain, the, the all of it. And so having mm-hmm. to actually be there and witness it in my face, literally, it was on another <laughs> level of something I never thought I would ever experience. And like when you're the mom birthing the baby – you aren't really seeing what's going on because mm-hmm. you're like yeah. back here and you yeah. can't see what's happening down there. But when you're holding yep. a leg, you're seeing it all. So, Damn. yeah, um, I ah! was shocked that I didn't <laughs> faint and throw up. It's really proud of myself. Um, but, yeah, it was really the like that is the number one thing that like. I don't think anything else could top that experience. Nothing else could be that absolutely wild that it could actually end up on the same level of witnessing a baby being born. Okay. I have a (laughs) hypothetical for you, but before I give you the hypothetical, I have to say I echo, like I completely relate. I'm 32 years old. I was never one of those people that like marriage was not something that I set as a goal for myself and neither was having a family. I'm fortunate enough that I met someone that like really changed my perspective on those things and made me more positive and want to do them. And But the fucking terror that I feel about pushing a spawn out one day is very <laughs> real. Very real. Yeah. So here's Ugh. here's my hypothetical. You live in an eternal loop. I'm sorry. I'm going to like send you to hell for a second. You live in <laughs> okay. an eternal loop where you have to hold a leg for the rest of your life and you just like birth after birth after birth or i know you did an episode covering the salem witch trials and how women Mm -hmm. were treated in the 17th century or you have to go back and live in an infinite loop where you're on trial as a witch which one do you choose 
I'm sorry I that I went bur- to this I dark would bird place. the babies than be on trial oh, on Salem okay. Witch. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I would birth okay. every baby on earth before okay. I stood in the court of Salem, Massachusetts. <laughs> 1794? No, thank you. Uh, yeah. Nope. That was not a good time. Wouldn't want to relive that. That's fair. Yikes. That's fair. That's fair. I I don't know why I went to such a dark place. Oh, Lex, please, please tell me you have a pivot into some wholesomeness for us. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know how I pivot away from that. Jesus. Um. Well, I, I do have a question. <laughs> because... Uh, <laughs> On your, on your, oh my God, I just, now I'm thinking of like, oh, do I want to be locked in an Iron Maiden or do I want to give birth for the rest of my life? <laughs> Neither of those sound good. Like, no. this is not Listen. The, the stone that I want to be rolling up the hill. Mm-mm. I have Jesus. anxiety sweats right now. I just needed to, <laughs> to like bring you in. It's all about the community. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but also ah! thank you for joining me on this journey in my headspace. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so... I, this is a question. The pivot doesn't make sense. We're not great with segues here at the Peony, but here we go. <laughs> um, on your website, you talk about how one, you wanted to use this podcast as a way to give people a platform, but also to share stories to remind people that they are not alone. Um, and you mentioned that you are, you've always been a creative. What so a few questions like what drew you into wanting to initially be a storyteller? What did that initially look like for you? And how has that changed over the course of your life of like storytelling and and the power of that? Yeah. So yeah, that's a great question. And um, it's interesting because I, as a child, I grew up loving stories. I was a huge avid reader and I had this insane passion to want to be a novelist. I wanted to be a writer. That was my plan. And in high school, I remember like talking about these dreams with family members and well, mostly family members and getting like quite a bit of pushback on like writers don't make money. How are you going to be like a writer for your career? Mm -hmm. And like feeling, you know, instantly kind of like told no. <laughs> yep. And then I kind of pivoted and was like, well, maybe I'll be a journalist. I can still write and I'll be a journalist and like I'll still be writing and I'll be talking about people and doing, you know, broadcast journalism and investigative journalism, whatever. So that was what I ended up majoring in high school or in college when I initially went to college. And I remember one of the things that my dad said to me before I went away to college was like, you do know that journalists are liberals, right? I was like, oh, it's a liberal. Like, I'm 17 years old. What do you mean? They're Democrats. What's that? And if you can't figure it out, my parents are Republican. Um, But I grew up in a household where my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad was a corporate banker, made a ton of money. And um, the plan for me was to go to college Make a get some fantastic education, go on to live this corporate world and this thrive in this corporate job and just be this, you know, amazing money person in the world. And that was just never me. I was like, I want to write books and I want to like be a journalist and I want to like study the people and write about the people and do all of that. And so I went away to college. I did journalism, but I ended up 
really not like it didn't work out for me in the program that I was in. And so I had taken a sociology class just like as like a random class I had to take for credits. And it like hit home like no other. It was like my first experience of therapy where I started learning all of these things about the world that made sense in my own life. It answered a lot of questions that I was always found very confusing about my upbringing and my family dynamics and this and that. And I dove in headfirst, which my major spent the next several years studying human sexuality, gender issues and dynamics, lots of different stuff. Planned on becoming a social researcher. I wanted to write scientific journals about different studies, do qualitative research, all that. Then realized, like, I don't want to get a PhD. Had like a midlife crisis, moved back home. And I didn't know what to do with myself. I ended up in the corporate world. (laughs) No, I ended up in the corporate world where I am still at. And uh, the biggest thing that I have learned since reach, like I had been following my path for so long, moved home, ended up switching, following the family's path, got into the corporate world. It has been the worst thing ever (laughs) for years. (laughs) It has been terrible. I mean, if one thing I've learned, it's that my bad experience in the corporate world is what I needed to happen to just remind me that like, Hey, this is why you were never supposed to be here. And it, it like, I've just with all of my jobs, all of my bosses, it's just been an endless battle of like, pay me what I'm worth, you know, like don't steal my ideas and pretend they're yours. Like Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff, common themes have just been going on that have contributed to the poor self-esteem contributed to the low self-worth, all of these things. And After my like 2017 disaster and when I wanted, I was like, I need to get back into something creative. I need to get back to me, who I am in my heart, who I I am in my core. I want to be that writer again. I want to have that creative passion again. And that's how I got into podcasting. And when I first started it, it was really just a hobby. It was supposed to be a creative hobby for me to just heal and feel better and learn to love myself again. And that's what it did. And then it's like, are organically evolved into more than a hobby. It's turning into my absolute life's passion. It's turning into what I want to do with my career. And so I've like started my own e-commerce website and now I'm selling merchandise and it's just like become this business and it's like turned into a brand. And now the plan is to like use this podcast that I have as a portfolio to transition my career into the podcast industry. And that's what I'm actively trying to pursue every single day. And so uh, that's kind of the pivot that I'm working on right now in my life is to uh, say goodbye to corporate, which I was never supposed to be in and knew that since I was like seven years old and then get back into this world where I can be creative and thrive and have ideas and really put my passion into a place that will bring me back financial gain and I can like have a real career in this. And I'm not just doing a nine to five with Joe Schmo who could care if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, you know? So yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> fucking so, real. Yeah. That's so, kind of, yeah. So that's been the plan. Like it, I would love for this podcast to be, to continue thriving and going forward and become its own business. But I also want to use it to get myself into like an actual career in the industry. Yeah. It sounds like, through telling other people's stories, you've been able to reshape your own. In Definitely. A lot of ways. 
Absolutely. And like that was something I also learned in therapy was like one of the frustrations I'd had was like, I hate my job and I don't know what to do with that. And I can't like no one's taking me seriously. And I work, you know, 60 hours a week basically doing executive director level work and I'm getting paid not even enough to pay my rent. Like Mm -hmm. the what that can the impact that that can have on a soul. It's like detrimental. Yeah. And so been doing that for like six or seven years now, but I've reached this place where I've like stopped allowing people to treat me like a doormat. And it's gotten me in not good places with my bosses, like standing up for yourself and like having boundaries and requiring people to treat you well doesn't always work out for you. Yeah. (laughs) That doesn't mean like once you stand up for yourself, it doesn't mean everything works out. You often get smacked across the face and told, well, then get out the door and get a new job, you know? And that's just everything I've seen in corporate world in my own personal experience and it's just it it's everything I needed to happen to rewire the brain and say, hey, you're not even supposed to be doing this. Get back on track to who you are, what you love, what you're passionate about and what you're naturally good at. And that's yeah. storytelling, I guess, Yeah. whether it's writing or podcasting. But, yeah, that's just what I've always been doing since I was a kid. Hell, yeah. We're going to manifest this for you. I mean, obviously, we're going <laughs> to yeah. plug you hard, but we're also going to manifest <laughs> yeah. you. Um, Perfect. So. So on the writing side, like, are you still interested in writing a book? Oh, I would love to. Yes, I would love to write a book. I have so many different ideas of things. And I've like done a lot of like, start chapter one, and then it sits in like the drafts forever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like, I don't know, I have this strange intuitive feeling like the writing can't happen yet. Like the story's still evolving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of see myself become like picking that up, like seriously, maybe a little bit later in my life to yeah. reflect back on my life, to, like to have the yeah. writing be the reflection of the life. I kind of feel like yeah. I'm, I still have so many more lessons to learn that I can write, but I feel like it won't be the full story. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I like the podcast is just where my, my passion is right now. And I'm going to just roll with it because it's really flowing perfectly. <laughs> and and I, yep. I maybe, you know, down the line, I could pick back up on the writing. Um, but yeah, I, and I feel like myself in writing will always exist. Usually yeah. I just need something to like re-spark it for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it may also be just like needing that space for it too especially with you being in a corporate setting right now like trying to balance corporate demands versus like creative drive Mm -hmm. totally so well and it's really hard having a corporate job and running a podcast Mm full-time so already juggling that workload Mm -hmm. is there's no time for writing (laughs) In a perfect yeah. world, the corporate job would be gone. I'd be podcasting <laughs> full time, and then all my extra time would be invested in writing. That's the goal. Hell yeah! All right, we're gonna figure out how to how to get this for you. Yeah, for real. How's your um since since starting the podcast? How has your maybe your relationship with the corporate world changed? And I think you've already kind of touched on that in the mm-hmm. previous question but have you noticed a shift or um has there been any has there been any change between like within yourself 
when you started yeah. them. Yeah. And like, this might sound pessimistic and I like, don't want anybody to hear this and be like, oh, I need to do this for myself because I am not <laughs> advocating for anybody to follow my direction on anything, <laughs> especially in the corporate world. But I think like the biggest thing that I learned, my first job in the corporate world, I worked there for five years. I worked for a very popular beauty hair company, mm-hmm. um, which I can tell you all the tea on off record. Hell yeah. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah. Um, love but I Cassie. worked for them for five years and um, that was the biggest learning lesson because I was – the amount of work that I was doing and contributing to, which was so far outside of my pay grade, and then constantly being told – oh, we just don't have the budget for the raise or, oh, just give us six more months and we'll be able to elevate you. So I worked literally for five years doing like a director level job Mm -hmm. because my boss quit. So I was actually doing a director level job and I Mm -hmm. was making like $50,000 a year as a coordinator. Oh my God. And just was lied to repeatedly for years and taken advantage of and just, I mean screwed Mm -hmm. over and the worst part about it is it's a female owned and operated company so that's the irony in all of it is it's like so interesting how that panned out um but it taught me you know that like i will be taken advantage to the bone if i allow people to do that i will Mm -hmm. be overworked endlessly if i allow people to do that i will never get a raise if i allow people to never give me a raise. And so leaving that company, I went on to another company that was also female founded and an apparel industry. And it was better, but like not much. Um, So kind of relived that all over again. But I only allowed that to go down for two years, not five. Um, And by two years, I got this, you know, I just got to this place where I was like, like, this isn't, I'm not going to just live like this. Like, basically, I'm volunteering at this point. So mm-hmm. if you aren't going to, you know, give me what I'm worth and especially give me what I'm giving you, there's no equal yeah. There's no equal thing happening here. You're getting a lot more than I'm getting. <laughs> and, like, yeah. I just can't live my life like that anymore. And so had to cut ties there as well. And that did not go down good because uh, yeah. I vocalized my frustrations and I vocalized – you know, what had been happening and how there was like an unfair dynamic um, occurring. And I put down my foot and was like, I'm not going to work overtime. I'm not going to do these jobs that are way outside my pay grade unless you give me in return what I'm giving to you. And so that creating that boundary did not pan out for me at all. They basically threw up the you know middle and said bounce them. So now I've moved on to another corporate job in the apparel industry. And it's going really well. Um, I will say that for the first time in my life, I know I like negotiated a salary, which I'd never done before. And mm-hmm. I think that really set the standard for me because I think from the get go, before I was even hired, I made it very clear that I won't be accepting the offer if a pay if the pay isn't within this range because that is what I'm worth. And um, they were willing to work with me on that. And I feel like since I kind of like initiated that boundary, there's been less, you know, push on them to try and like force things on me that are outside of the realm of what my job responsibilities are. And so I've noticed that my new employer is far more respectful of my time, Mm -hmm. um, doesn't have any like 
ridiculous expectations from me that came out of left field. And when I have vocalized, you know, hey, when it's five o'clock or like, for instance, we know we've been in Corona for forever. And so I'm like, right. one thing that's important to me is I would like to take a walk at lunch. <laughs> like, yeah. is that asking a lot, yeah. you know? And like, lo and behold, every lunchtime, here comes in the assignment. And it's like, I will not be available from 12 to 1. <laughs> like That is yep. just – so if you reach out, you will not be getting a response. And so I feel like just making these th- – like certain things known and vocalizing them and not feeling guilty for doing it, I've not gotten pushback from it. It's like, oh, perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Take your walk. Do your mental health thing. No problem. Sorry. We can talk when you're back which is not ever the response I've gotten from my two jobs prior to that. So I yeah. think like it, it really started with the initial requiring the salary that I was worth and just like making that vocal from the beginning. That almost paved the way for them respecting me more as a woman in their freaking workplace. So the whole thing is just a waste of my time and my perspective. <laughs> Can't I just freaking re- research women and do podcasts all day? Like – I don't have time for everybody's shit, you know? <laughs> That's just how yeah. I feel. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, why do I need to battle these things? It's just <laughs> I feel like this basic human needs. I can't go for a walk. Why do I, why does it have to be like a whole corporate convo around me going on a walk? Like I just don't have yeah. time for that kind of stuff anymore. And I feel like that's really happened in the pandemic is people are just like over the shit. Like you yeah. know? Well, people mm-hmm. realizing like how much one, how fragile life is, and two, like how much your time is meant to be your time. I mm-hmm. sort of similarly at, at my past job had that thing pop up where uh, somebody tried to assign me a project at like 4 p.m. on a Friday. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, you can just take a stab at this over the weekend. Like, ah, what are you going to do? Like, it's Corona. And I was like, yeah. literally leave my house and go on a walk. Like, not do this bullshit. Are you kidding yeah. me? And it's it's wild how many companies tried to double down on the well you have nothing else to do so you might Mm -hmm. as well just keep working until you pass out it's like are you for real right now i'm so glad you're out of those other jobs yeah good lord absolutely um but i do just always think back that like you know, it, it's never really pan- – and it's it's ironic because all my parents have ever wanted is for me to climb this corporate ladder and become this, you know, executive, this vice president of so-and-so with a cranking 401k and, like, whatever. Um, and it's like I, I, tr- I attempted it. I went for it. But, like, mm-hmm. it's not working. Like, the universe mm-hmm. doesn't want this for me. <laughs> it's just not panning out. And, like – I'm a hard worker. I'm doing my job. I'm doing a great job and it's still not working. So can we accept it for what it is and let me pursue the things that I love? Because yeah. over here in podcast land, things are working out swimmingly. And mm-hmm. it, the worst thing about it is like until the podcast is making millions and I'm Joe Rogan, my family will never acknowledge it. Um, but it brings me all the fulfillment that my high level corporate jobs have never once been able to give me. And so again, it goes back to the podcast, the theme, the celebrating women's lives and voices. It's like, oh. I'm going to invest my in myself because yeah. at the end of the day, this is my business, my brand, my podcast, and every ounce I put into it is benefiting me, not mm-hmm. freaking the celebrity that owns my company that I work for, who's already a trillionaire and doesn't even know my name. You know, mm-hmm. again, yeah. I could be hit by a bus tomorrow. No one would even know. So, yeah. 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 
Yeah, I had that moment recently where I was at a 4th of July, like, backyard thing, and there were a, a bunch of older generations of, like, family members there. And they were like, yeah, so I, I was in a similar situation where I reached a breaking point of where I was. I was working in tech, reached a breaking point, had a very, very toxic interaction with the CEO of the company, like, treated with blatant disrespect and abuse left and have leaned into podcasting full time again, like trying to make it a lucrative career choice, build a network, get more shows, everything. And I was at this party and they were like, oh, yeah. So like, what are you doing? Have you found a new job? And I'm like, yeah, I'm actually like I have a lawyer on retainer. We're filing all the trademarks like we're doing the things. It's for the podcast and the blank stares that people had. They were just like podcast. So you like, you what, like talking to a mic for an hour? Like what, how is that, like, how is that paying <laughs> yeah. your bill? Like what, huh? Yeah. And I was just like, you're just not going to get it. And a lot of these people like did the thing. They did the mm -hmm. corporate shuffle and they mm -hmm. retired and now they're like, I'm retired. I don't know what to do with my life. And I'm like, this is just a, this our generation like, I have so many friends that started Etsy shops and, mm -hmm. like, turned their art into into their art and their passion into ways to finance their lives and were able to leave their law firm jobs, mm -hmm. their corporate jobs. And just, like, there are just generations of people that, you know, like your family, like my family, that they just don't get it. And I'm like, listen – as long as it pays the bills, like, you don't need to worry about what I do. It's legal. Yeah. It pays the bills. And I'm having a good ass time. Mm -hmm. Totally. And, yeah. you know, like, it's it's so funny because two out of the three corporate jobs I've had have been, like, all women employees for women-based yeah. companies, mm -hmm. which you'd think would have interest in my women's empowerment podcast. Um, <laughs> but because I feel like because I was somebody that vocalized, I'm not going to be mistreated. I don't care if I'm getting free makeup every week. I don't care if I got the free legging this week. I don't care if we're this trendy brand that showed up, you know, on Buzzfeed. Like, yeah. I deserve to be paid. I deserve yep. to be given job yeah. responsibilities within my pay grade. I deserve mm -hmm. to be, you know, valued and uh, celebrated when I have launched a massive project that was massively successful for this company. Like, I deserve yeah. all these things. And not just myself, nobody was getting that kind of recognition yeah. or pay that they deserve. But I feel like because I was somebody that finally said no to it and stepped away from it and walked away from mm -hmm. it and have been actively pursuing this podcast for what I'm sure people thought would be, oh, it's just a phase a couple of months. And it's like, no, mm -hmm. actually, that's not what's happening here. I'm dedicating my life to this because it's for me and it matters. Like I've actually received a lot of strange reactions from mm -hmm family members, old friends, old coworkers, where people don't want to support me because I think I've sort of gone against the grain and I have not followed the status quo. And I've kind of thrown up the middle finger and said, no, I'm not going to just do this because I have to. Um, so yeah, it's been kind of interesting to see like who supports me and what I'm doing and who doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, and I see you for the people that don't. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I know. I hear you. I hear you. And there, there have been some surprising people that have come 
to like messaged me people in my family that I that were advocates of me like doing the corporate shuffle Mm -hmm. that messaged me and were like heard this week's episode like had so many laughs lol and I'm like what yeah I listened to every episode and I'm just like what yeah so yeah I mean it I think you like really when you go out there and you do something like you were saying against the grain something that you have the courage to do that not a lot of other people will have the courage to do, yeah. then that that's when you really find out who's mm-hmm. in your corner. Totally. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And well, um, it hurts sometimes when you figure out who's not in your corner. Yeah. Um, but that's life. And I feel like um, I'm really into Kathy Heller. I don't know if you guys know her or listen to her podcast. Her mm-hmm. podcast is called uh, Don't Keep Your Day Job. So very on theme with this conversation. Um, But she she always talks about that when somebody follows their soul's purpose, other people can get very like turned off or upset by it because they're taking it as like a personal insult that now they have to follow their soul's purpose because I'm standing in like my power and taking the risks and doing the thing that it like puts a fire under other people's asses who aren't either ready to do that or nervous about doing it or in denial about it. And so they like naturally get a grudge against the people that are following their soul's purpose and successfully following their soul's purpose because they take it personally like now it means they have to since i am mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's on yeah. them man that's like that is on that's them, yeah that kind of resentment or uh just speaking from personal experience i've realized that the people who are the loudest about like you have to get married and get a job and raise your kids and blah 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 and then you can go live your dreams when you're 60 and after you retire, like those are the people who are living in fear and are driven by fear. And, and it's, it, it, I've just realized that they've become so boxed in and it's like, I've got to play by the rules that who knows who made them up? Like what? Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to play by these rules because if I don't and if I fail, then what? And it's like, yeah, but sometimes that's where the beauty is, is when you fail, when you take that leap of faith. And it's like, just step outside of your comfort zone for like 10 minutes. See what happens. Yeah. Like you might find yeah. something messy and glorious all at the same time. Yeah. So Absolutely. Do it. Yeah. Damn so, okay. Question. I would love to hear from you, from you, Melissa, about this. So if someone is listening currently and is kind of standing on the precipice of mm-hmm. leaning into their power, but they're really afraid of taking that first step, because we know those of us that have done it, we know that first step. Like, all of the steps after are terrifying, but that first one, there's something about it that's the most terrifying. So what kind of advice would you have or any, like, a tip, anything, word of wisdom, to just take that first step? Um, yes. So I feel like, you know, it's hard really for me to give proper advice on this Mm -hmm. because when I took my first step, I was at rock bottom. Mm. (laughs) So there was only going steps forward. I couldn't really backtrack any further than I already was. So my step forward was really like, I, this was my 
new chance at a new chapter for me. And the risk was absolutely worth it because I knew that any risk, any step I'd take would be better than where I had currently been living and existing. So really like my mind was coming almost from a place of desperation where like I needed this for myself bad. So I wasn't really afraid to take that step because I was more afraid of existing in the pain I'd been living in. Um, So it's kind of hard to say like how to make that first step since mine Mm -hmm. came from a very dark place. (laughs) But I will say that like one thing that has really worked for me in just getting to a place where I can comfortably be in my power is that I made a like dedication to spend more time with myself because I wanted to like get to know myself again. I wanted to like be alone with myself, find peace within myself, really dig deep again and re-explore who I was, you know, before all of life's drama, like get back to the core of who was Melissa when she was six years old? What are the things that she loved? And so I started to just spend time alone and that meant like going to the park and reading or long walks at the beach, which sounds so ridiculous. Uh, we're not even allowed to say that anymore. It's just like a dating bio now. Um, but like I'd go to lunch by myself or dinner. I'd go to wine bars alone and just like get a little buzzed and like have a good time listening yeah. to a band. Like I just started being alone more. And it, partly because I wanted to like heal my relationship with me. So like I could feel confident again to trust what my instinct was telling me. And I feel like when you're at peace with yourself, when you're comfortable independently in your own body as a whole, when you can like fulfill yourself without needing some external person or thing to fulfill you, those are the times where you can really like think about what it is that you want and then trust what you're hearing and be able to take that step because now you've just, you just, you're you now, like you're back to you, we're back to being ourselves nobody else matters. No one's opinion matters. This is what the me is telling me from like the heart and the soul. And the step is just so easy to take now because I've healed what's been standing in the way to get back to me. I think that's a lot of people's problem is they're afraid. It's fear. And fear is really like something that gets implemented on us by other things. Like, society, what the media is telling us, our families, like all these things are creating this fear in us not being able to confidently choose what we want in life. And like, you got to quiet the noise and just like get back to you and then feel confident when you do take that step. That's what I think. My soul just left my body in the best way possible. (laughs) I have like full body chills. And I'm just like, yeah. (laughs) That's funny. That's amazing. Oh my God. Okay. I need to gather myself. (laughs) I need to gather myself. I'm just having my mind blown. I love that idea of like getting back to yourself and rediscovering who you are. And that, I don't know, just the, the, that advice almost of just spending time alone whether that's yeah. outside around other people but still alone and enjoying enjoying your own company. Yeah. Like, well, well you were saying that the whole walk on the beach is like a dating cliche but it sounds like you dated yourself. Totally. Like, 
Yeah. Which I feel like yeah. everyone oh. should do. Like, you should definitely date yourself first. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know what I did, like, after 2017, when my life was in the hellhole, I made a commitment in 2018 that I was going to go on a solo trip by myself abroad, and I did. And I think that, like, that's kind of, you know, that's a little extreme. Like, you don't have to fly to Bali and be, like, <laughs> alone in, like, the... <laughs> the sea with the fish to like get back to one but um that's what i did (laughs) it really helped amazing (laughs) it really helped and like i'm not gonna lie i was like at a silent yoga retreat for like a week and hearing the rain and the roosters and like doing these meditations like things like that i just you know nothing else mattered i was halfway across the world and all i wanted was to just get back to who i was and like to be silent and to get rid of the noise and to be in an environment where there were no there was no fear there was no judgment distraction and just like zone in on like all right we got to get you whole again fulfilled again healed again because we're only moving forward like yeah. the darkness is behind us so like let's get ourselves back together so when we go back home it's just like off to the races so like however people can do that for themselves i mean they could just wake up in the morning and walk at like sunrise on the beach like that in itself is beautiful you know but especially us living in LA it's so loud here and there's so many distractions and it's constant world of competition of this person's Mm -hmm. doing that and now I got to do this and TikTok like I swear (laughs) it's so much (laughs) I swear it's so much sometimes just gonna silence it (laughs) we were having this conversation the other day I forget with who about how like TikTok like you just it's such a dark hole and you just scroll 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 and then Whenever I get that wellness check from TikTok where it's like, yeah. hey, been listening for you've two been, hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It looks like you've been scrolling for a while. You may want to take a break. I like don't even let them finish. I'm like, nope, I know what you're gonna say, and I am not I bought know, in. Nope. I know. <laughs> My phone hasn't died yet. Shut up. I'm going. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. when it stops, is uh-huh. when the phone dies. Yeah. One hundred percent. when the phone dies or sometimes when i'll get like one of those hey you've been here for a while but it's from like a content creator that i follow and they're like i'm pretty sure just checking in it's like rude yeah and then i'm like well yeah this is personal now it's more personal (laughs) yeah Yeah. totally no that algorithm knows me better than i know myself like it'll Mm -hmm. give me things that i I didn't know I needed, but I was like, oh, no, this makes sense as the next logical step for my mental health to be Mm -hmm. seeing this. Yeah. Just geniuses on TikTok, I swear. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) All right. Well, do you have any last nuggets of wisdom you want to share before we hop into asking you for your reco of the week? Um, any last wisdom? I mean... Yeah, I guess like, and I kind of already briefly mentioned this a bit, but like, what again, like for anybody out there that's going through hard times, which we all do, like so important to know you're not alone. And when you do feel alone, there are a lot of avenues that you could take to not be alone. Um, mm-hmm. And you just got to figure out what those are, whether it's something that already exists out there for you or you create it for yourself. Sometimes starting something brand new, your own creative project, your own business, your own art, whatever it is, like that in itself can be so healing, can be so healing, fulfilling. It can, you know, give you what it is that you're missing and Mm -hmm. 
just be like something you didn't even know you needed, but and it can change your life. And that's really what my podcast did for me. And again, like one of the biggest things I've learned from all 117 women I've researched at this point, Damn. every single woman's story that I have read pages on, watched numerous documentaries about, I mean, not only told her story, but then had to re-listen to it three times in editing. Like, I know these women like the back of my hand by the time I'm done with an episode. And the number one thing that I see in every woman's story is just this unbelievable amount of resilience. They go through so much stuff and they persevere and they become stronger and more powerful than ever. And they go on to live beautiful lives. And even in the darkest of times, just know that just like them, you can persevere and you can keep on keeping on because we are resilient AF. Ah, so beautiful. <laughs> Lex and I just both did the Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. I was like, was that planned? No. <laughs> we just are obsessed with you. Is what it is. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. It's not me. It's the women from history, I swear. But it- you are a woman <laughs> making history. Yeah. This is what it is. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I just yeah. want everybody to get on the bandwagon because I just know how much it's really empowered me in my own life. And I know yeah. some people are like, oh, I'm not into history or I'm not a feminist or whatever. And all that's fine. We're not over here like crashing and breaking down the patriarchy. I'm just trying to tell women's stories. Like that's yeah. it. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. And there's so many stories that no one's ever heard before. And they're very remarkable and inspiring. And so if you just need a little bit of uplifting, if you look into women's stories, even if it's not my podcast, there's so many incredible books out there. Again, shout out to Ann Shen, Bad Girls Throughout History. Love it. Like just stuff like that. It's it's really impactful and if you are in a dark place, I highly suggest reaching out to women in history because they can really help you out um, and make you feel less alone. That's amazing. Oh, that is amazing. Thank you so much for yeah. that. Of course. Uh, so what's your reco? Yeah. So my reco is kind of on theme with everything I've been talking about already. Um, and it's nothing new, actually. This is something I've been into for a couple, a little over a year now, but I swear I recommend this to everybody on earth because I just will scream this from the rooftops. I bleed this. (laughs) Esther Perel, not sure if you've heard of her. Yes. Psychotherapist. I love her. She is one of my most favorite women on earth, but um, she specializes in sex and relationships, but like her main sort of themes that she explores is like this ongoing tension between the human need for security, but also the need to be free and like how those two things we need as human beings, but they clash tremendously. And they're often the cause of like very much conflict in all relationships, not just romantic, you know, platonic as well. Um, And so her therapy is really built around this idea. She's written numerous books on this topic. She has so many TED Talks that are absolutely enlightening. And she has two podcasts that I am obsessed with. 
The first one is called Where Should We Begin? And it is her relationship therapy podcast. And so every single episode features two people. And it's their first therapy session with her. And it's organically recorded. And you get to listen to the whole thing. But who she has on her show, it's such a diverse group of people. It could be a regular heterosexual couple, same-sex relationships. It could be divorcees. It could be, you know, people dealing with infertility issues or there's an affair that happened. Like just so many things are going on that you're bound to relate to many of them. Um, And then she also has a second podcast called How's Work. And it's the relationship dynamics between working relationships. So it could be two coworkers. It could be a boss and their their employee. It could be like two CEOs who are arguing. It's all kinds of stuff. And like, I swear, just listening to the dialogue between the two clients that are having an issue that they're bringing to Esther and then like listening to her help them like reframe what it is that they're trying to communicate in a way that's like less aggressive because as humans we often just like are like this is how I feel and she like lets them do that but then she like teaches them how to like okay let's reframe what you just said in a way that comes off like less aggressive to the person receiving the information and like it just it shows it shines such a bright light on the importance of communication between everybody on earth because it you know we're talking about platonic relationships, working relationships, sexual, romantic, all of the things. And again, it's always this ongoing battle between like wanting to feel secure and safe, but like also not wanting to be tied down because you need your freedom and you need to be able to flourish and live independently as yourself. So it's just mind blowing. If And again, if you're somebody that like isn't big on therapy or has never gone to therapy before and like you're a little hesitant about it, this would be an amazing thing to listen to because it shows you exactly what a therapy session's like. And you'll see just like how safe and like loving and warm the environment is, which of course I can't say that every therapist on earth is like Esther Perel, but you get a good idea of like how therapy works and I'm obsessed with therapy. I'll probably go to therapy every day of my life till I die. Um, my old therapist like had to wing me off. She's like, okay, like you're good now. Like you don't need to keep coming here. We're good. I'm like, no, but I just need to come. Like this is our thing. Like we're friends now. I need to talk to you about everything. She's like, no, you don't. Um, but yeah, uh, Esther Perel, she's amazing. Look into her. Like even just her TED Talks are unbelievable. I also covered her on my podcast because I'm obsessed with her. So if you want to hear me tell her story, she's on episode 28. Um, but she also has a really interesting life um, because her parents were Holocaust survivors. And sure. wow. she grew up as the child of Holocaust surviving parents who actually met after they both separately survived the Holocaust. They didn't know each other in it. So they were out of it and then met in Belgium, I think. And so she grew up in an environment that was difficult because her parents had seen so much hardship and trauma and death. And they had to, as a couple, figure out how to just love and be loved and to understand intimacy again. And like, how do you love your child? Like just hard stuff. And so she often talks a lot about how she fell into her career because of her parents dynamic and what she learned from them and like how two people that had been through literally the worst of all horrors were able to reconnect and were able to like rebuild security and love 
and freedom and independence. And so she's just a remarkable woman. And (laughs) I highly suggest just looking into every single thing on earth that she does (laughs) because it's all amazing. Oh my God, that sounds phenomenal. Borderline cry. I'm about to cry. (laughs) I'm okay. (sighs) Yeah. So that's just like my forever recommendation. (laughs) Amazing. It's just healing. It's healthy. It's good. It's good for the soul. And we learn, we can learn so much from other people's issues, you know? Like, The conflicts they're having, the, you know, hardship they're facing, and then, like, witnessing them live work through it. It's so inspiring, and it really can help you in your own relationships. Like, I've listened to a lot of these episodes and been like, oh, dang, like, I literally do this all the time, like, with my boyfriend. And then, like, consciously, like, learning ways to better communicate or, you know, even with my own boss or my mom or anybody. And so I just think it's just good. It's good to always kind of like actively tune up on your uh behavioral skills relationship skills all of that yeah. we don't learn these things ever in life they just throw yeah. us to the wolves and say figure it out and usually it doesn't yeah. go very well <laughs> yeah there's no, no manual just stumble no. through and no. see what happens yeah yeah you're in good company though we here love therapy oh nice love a good therapy session oh man mm-hmm. yeah big fan thank you so much for sharing that i have a lot of homework i have a lot of homework Uh to grow as a human being melissa herrera (laughs) of mimosa sisterhood where can the people find you where can they listen where can they buy your merch which by the way i have a few things sitting in my cart right now it is your merch is cute as fuck let the people know where they can find you where they can shop you how they can support the show Totally. So my website is www.mimosasisterhood.com. There you can learn more about me, about the podcast, um, about the episodes I've released. The merchandise now currently lives there as of two days ago. So you can shop the merchandise, lots of cool stuff. I, as mentioned earlier, my cover art for the podcast is features eight women from history beautiful illustration made from my friend Michaela Mason. And I am now putting that on my merchandise so it's kind of cool if you're into women's history if you like people like julia child or gloria steinem or frida kahlo like they're all on there and um yeah cute merch for the house other cute hats and things like that um but as for the podcast we're live pretty much everywhere apple podcast spotify stitcher all those things and on instagram we're mimosasisterhood.com um, and then Twitter, I am so bad at it, but I'm trying. We're Mimosa Hood. And nice. I think that's it. And also, um, I have a podcast phone number where people can call in and they can yeah. like leave a woman of the week or they can just say hello and like, how do they like the website or the podcast or whatever? Like, I don't even care what people call about. Like, I just want to hear from people and if you're okay with it, when you leave a voicemail, we will feature that in one of our future episodes. So really cool, especially if you have somebody in your life that you think deserves some recognition, shout her out. We'll put it on the pod. Um, and that's would be really cool. So if you want to call in, I'm like shuffling to find my phone number. <laughs> Hold on. Um, you can also find it on the website in my contact me. I have it listed there. But if anybody did want to call shout somebody out say hello have your voice heard on my most sisterhood podcast you can call us at 562-270-4914 yeah. do it y'all thank yeah. you melissa for being thank here you this so is amazing 
I have to go cry now. Tears of joy and just <laughs> Sorry, overwhelming <guys>. humanness. <laughs> no, no. Good tears. Good yeah, tears. All good. Thank you so much for having me. I loved meeting you both, chatting with you both. And I just, again, I always love meeting other women podcasters out in the world. So I'm really thankful for being here and to meet you guys. Oh, Same. we're friends for life now. Yeah. Awesome. No Sisterhood forever. Um, we're going to spill some tea. Yeah. So let's let's do, it. do it. Rickles of the of week. week. Ooh. Slaps. <laughs> That's sticky. That is fucking sticky. It's an earworm for you. Maybe. I hope. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that image just fills me with <laughs> dread. Like a, a literal worm in your ear. Oh, I was like, sticky worm? Ew. Both that are not good. That also is. Mm, 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 mm. Well, here we are. We're yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. So my reco of the week, I had uh-huh. mentioned to you, my yes. reco of the week is going to sound a little bit like a cop out. It's not. It's not me just like promoting or like or like plugging or just being like oh this is the easy choice Mm. when i give you my record it's because i genuinely love something it Mm -hmm. just happens to tie into today's episode i just need to double down on the fact that the mimosa sisterhood merch is some of the cutest shit i've ever seen and it's it's made in europe like it's not it's like super quality i like there's this like a adorable like vintage like rock and roll like soft denim cotton t-shirt there's like the psychedelic like baby blue tie-dye cap both of which i have purchased like the merch is adorable it is quality and honestly like you're supporting a um a woman who is essentially standing you listen to the interview she's standing up for her worth she's doing it on her own terms and you can support the podcast straight up make a donation but like the merch is so fucking cute so yeah. i can't wait for mine to come and then you're gonna see it everyone's gonna see it all over the peonies instagram yes. be like mama's a sisterhood what up yeah i'm excited to uh peruse and place some some orders because the yeah. her logo is so adorable it's so I- adorable yeah. What? Did mm-hmm. you see? Did you see on in her background? She had a pillow. It was like I yes. have weird. Okay, yeah. you saw it. Okay, so yeah. the it's like this adorable light blue like like throw pillow, and it has mm-hmm. her logo on it, and it's the cutest thing ever. And that's what prompted me. I was like, okay, let me go check out this merch, and it's adorable. She has like a koozie. She has so many cute little things. Yeah. So yeah. head over to her website, uh, mimosasisterhood.com. You can. Yep check out the merch, donate, do all the things. We'll also drop all of the her links into the show notes. Yep. Um, so if you're like, what was the name? Just click on the show notes and I'll take you right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to look so cute in that hat. I'm excited for you. Oh my God, thank you. I'm so <laughs> excited welcome. for me too. <laughs> oh my God, that vocal <laughs> fry that we're just... <laughs> What was that? Wasn't there? Wasn't there like? Oh, that TikTok. If you're not on a lake, like, what are you doing? What are you and and it's like people like like oh, fucking uh, stitching it, being like, um, I'm changing my baby's diaper. I'm doing a little laundry. 
Uh, I love vocal fry, and I also love making fun of vocal fry. Mm-hmm. It's so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, my reco of the week is also art related, and also yes. beautify, cutesy up your your living space. Living spaces. Uh, they're not no. Concert. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I just had That's such another a, sticky earworm. I just had such a visceral <laughs> response to that, and I don't even know where. I genuinely do not know where that came from. That had to have come from like a past life regression. Like, wow. I'm sorry. Go on. Uh, no, wow. I think it's so funny. Maybe like you're in your past life, you like are just haunting. Maybe a part of you in another dimension. You're haunting a living spaces. Yes, or or what if I am a ghost right now and my body is in cement in a living space? Like like Holy my shit. like my like I was murdered and my body was buried and now they built a living spaces over it. <laughs> this is me derailing I conversation love that you apologies. Don't like true crime because it freaks you out, but that is like true crime one oh one, like lady in a wall. Check. My- my lady in a wall, absolutely. My <laughs> ultimate career goal is ghost. <laughs> Not ghost hunter, just ghost. You just want to no. be a ghost, and I'll no. be the I'll be the paranormal investigator who tries to talk to you. Maybe Dude, the pranks that I would get up to. <laughs> the joy, the joy. I mean, how could you not? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't wait to be a ghost. Um. <laughs> All right, so my reco of the week mm-hmm. is Skull Duggery Print Company. Um, they're a little print shop and digital artist uh, based in North Hollywood in California. You can check them out on Instagram at Skull Duggery, D U G G E R, Print C O. Um, again, we'll link that. Y'all, their prints are so cute. They're like this fun sort of retro inspired mm-hmm. vibe um they've got mm-hmm. some digital downloads i got the hammerhead shark the pink lemonade digital mm-hmm. download um i haven't gotten i just placed my order yesterday so i think i got the notification this morning that it shipped out but they have um they've got a lot of jurassic park inspired arts um they have one where it's this like rabid wolf that says eat the rich Definitely got that as a sticker. Hell yeah. Um, there's a lot of shark stuff, uh, which is super cute. Um, they've got some Demi-Gorgon prints from Stranger Things. Like, the colors are beautiful. The artistry is wonderful. So, that like, the, the shark mm-hmm. prints in particular have just sparked so much joy in my heart this week. Um, so, go check them out. Skullduggery Print Co. That's my record of the week. Oh, I felt that in my spirit. <laughs> that was beautiful. Um, also, quick little side note, listeners, we heard you, we listened to you, and we need you not to fear. Megalodong merch is coming. Yeah. Yeah, we, we definitely got uh, a couple of requests. Um, also, if you're listening... Uh, shout out to Sean, who's a huge Jaws fan, a huge, huge shark fan. We, he, 
I, I told him about this, uh, the last week's episode, and he was so excited about the Shark Week episode. So I just want to give him a little, a little special shout out. Um, he's also like, why didn't yeah. you bring me on the show? So the next time we cover Jaws, Sean will bring you on. Uh- <laughs> Sean, you can come on anytime. anytime. You have an yeah, open let us invitation. Know. And if at any point you want to rail on us about the things that we're talking about, <laughs> or you just want to shout us out, you call our hotline. I know we we, we restricted it to just sharks this week, yeah. but yeah. now we might, this following week, we might just make it a Sean line. Just you. <laughs> just you call us every, crank call us every day with your thought of the day. <laughs> and then we'll put a compilation of it on the on the pod. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, um, thank y'all so much for listening. Yes. We chateau. Uh, that's not right. That's that. that is. I just said I, love I adore. You. Oh, I know. But I was trying to say we adore, which I don't remember what that is. It doesn't matter. We we love you guys. We adore yeah, you. We do. I, I took French like seven years ago. I don't remember anything. Um. Yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Yes. Uh, be sure to check us out at the Peony Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, the TikToks. Follow. And be sure to follow. Follow. We finally what? hit 100 followers on Instagram, and I'm so happy. Also, yeah. one of our reels recently got a close <laughs> to 11,000 views so i'm not saying like get in on the peony podcast before we make it but mm-hmm. like don't you want to get in on the peony podcast before we make it like also big. if we become a shark content podcast that's we found our niche people are really into it so uh <laughs> oh my god i just like keep coming up with ideas like because the bachelor there's a new episode of the bachelor coming up uh-huh. so i need to be like okay the contestants that are left what kind of sharks are they <gasps> okay i'm thinking i'm thinking oh my god oh my god i'm so excited <laughs> to see what shenanigans i get sent to me this week oh yeah Hell yeah oh yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah. Amazing. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Follow us on all the things. Give us all the stars. We love you. Thank you for showing up and being here and constantly supporting us. And and keep keep sending in your questions, your requests, your feedback. We're here for you. Yeah. Thanks so much, y'all. Bye. If you think that's not going to be the outro bonus, you're insane.